This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast, and here I am with my co-host once more, and I'm interested, does he want a paycheck? I was shaking my head vigorously, if you were watching on YouTube, you saw that, because I don't get paid for this crap, so hell no. Well, there you go. No more pay for Jan. He's uh, definitely rich. De- de- definitely rich enough. All all that uh, all that YouTube money uh, <laughs> and all that all that all that podcast money is uh, yeah. All the all the sponsorships we do. So tell me about Rage Shadow Legends, Jan. <laughs> uh, Never heard of it. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So. Here's a uh, here's a topic to discuss around, you know, the downsides, the terrible things about open source. Um, open source maintainers. Like, You're saying maintainers money. are bad? You heard it. You heard, heard the first people. David says open source maintainers are bad. I'm going to change the title for this episode right now. Ah. <laughs> uh. I do apologize in advance for Jan. He's a, clearly in a very heavily trolling mood. So I got the day off. Let's see where this episode goes. I got the day off today. Um, so the idea is here around the fact that, and I, I, I don't know, I don't know why this is seen as a downside, but apparently it's a downside that uh, open source developers, um, you know, need to get paid, and therefore. This is a this is a, a challenge. This is a problem, apparently. And I, well, I don't think like a lot of these. Like I just fundamentally disagree. And I, this is another thing where there is a difference between um, open source developers, open source maintainers, and those that work with uh, with closed source. And that yes, closed source folks normally employed by a company to work on a project, etc., etc., etc. And in in the the vein that is being spinned with here, they're talking about open source developers, you know, not uh, needing a paycheck, therefore working on other projects to get paid, and the the open source software is a, a hobby or is something <laughs> they do in their spare time and that sort of thing. Um, and we do we do definitely see an impact from this. I will I will admit that things like um, you know we've had conversations over the years around the OpenSSL project like NTP, uh, GNU Privacy Guard, and you know so many other projects that are relied on by a huge number of people and have a very small um, actual like developer slash um, a committer base, and that you know has been and continues to be a risk where those individuals are you know potentially responsible for code that has a, a huge impact on uh, on the internet and on um, the way things operate and work, and yet you know that it, it's the world is running on effectively you know their their hobby projects. But the internet was a hobby project. Well, mm, I'm not quite sure I'd go that far. But the the thing that I sort of strongly disagree with here is that yes, there are you know a huge number of open source projects out there that that fit that sort of category of 
people working on them in their spare time just because they love working on them or uh, they find it interesting or you know, whatever it might be. But there's also a huge amount of, of open source projects that have um, significant corporate backing, have a lot of money involved and people get paid in a lot of cases, you know, fairly compensated or compensated very well for the work that they do. So I'm not saying that, that this is, um, that this problem doesn't exist, but I, what I am saying is that it's not, it's not this black and white. Uh, it's not black and white because open source isn't black and white, obviously. And I mean, also, I don't think anybody disagrees that open source developers should get a paycheck. It's just, I don't want to pay it. It's true, you're right, saying that there are a couple of projects, a lot of projects. No, you, can, you can stop there, you can stop there. I'm right, thank you. Okay, next topic. <laughs> hey, I should, I should, you started by trolling me. I should just, just say, yes, let's do the next fire. topic and then let Dave find out what the next topic is because with all of the prep we do for these episodes, we have like 300 topics already in mind for the next episodes, right? Anyway, before I was so rudely interrupted, and I totally <laughs> lost my thread now. Nope, I don't. You're right in saying that commercial entities do pay the salary for a great number of open source developers out there. But there's the, the there's a thing, I forget what the name is, from starvation to uh, opulence, something like that. In the beginning, when you need it the most, you have it the least. And once you mm. start getting it, you kind of don't need it anymore. And that's also valid for open source projects. And once the, the bigger projects, the 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 MySQLs, uh, the, 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 the I'm not going to name them, whatever. There's so many people, they're, they're backed by companies and that works fine. But before they got there, they had to go through a very long struggle to get to a position of authority in that type of projects where they got that backing. A lot of open source things that are now fully backed by corporate entities started as a hobby project by somebody, maybe somebody with a vision, with more of a project, more of a hobby, less of a hobby project, more of a, this is something I think will make me money someday. But those are the days where that project was being built for free for people, by people who were just doing it without getting paid for it. And that's valid today for the majority of open source projects. Now the majority of that majority of open source projects will probably never become as popular as some of the bigger ones. But a lot, some of them in there, some little gems, never get a chance because the developer with a brilliant idea just couldn't put the time in it because he had to spend time baking bread. I don't know, <laughs> doing something gainfully employed uh, related to feed the family and things like that. And there are some things going on now. You have the things like Kickstarter and GoFundMe and things like that where you could do something with, although I haven't really seen a lot of open source projects trying to leverage something like that. I've seen Patreon being used by some projects. I'm not sure if it works or doesn't work. But yeah, I mean, I do think that even if you're right, that bigger projects do get funded because they become a business model, a, a money-making machine for somebody, and, well, they have to keep the one machine running, so they need to pay those developers because now it's dependency uh, implied for the majority of open source. It is still that. And as you gave a couple examples, some of these hobby projects are actually cornerstones of the backbone mm. of much of today's technology. 
I mean, not sure if you mentioned NTP there, but the time protocol yeah. is one of them. And with the time protocol is kind of important. I mean, if that one breaks, uh, if you remember the, the, the movie, what was it called again? It was Entrapment. Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 the split second between the year, cap year, whatever, that they used to steal a lot of money. I mean, it's a movie, of course, doesn't matter. But still, financial <laughs> situations are very dependent on very accurate timekeeping. And it's amazing that something like this isn't a big thing. It also sometimes goes wrong. I mean, it's not really open source, but things like the DNS system, uh, RIPE and all those entities, those are... Mm very well-funded entities and I'm not going to say they're corrupt because I have no idea but there have been some discussions around how they have been treating that valuable commodity yeah I, I suppose the for me what this distills down into is the there are a huge number of projects out there and some of those you know it it makes sense that they are little hobby projects that people you know pour pour their love and attention to and you know they are working on other jobs and that that pay the bills and this is a you know a, a happy release like this is a project this is something they do for fun in the background and that's okay but if if you expect to take you know that piece of software and you expect to i don't know incorporate it in your product or uh, a solution or service you provide or something else like that uh, and then expect that you know this person who is just doing this thing for for love like not for money and they they sort of like they make ends meet through other ways you know don't expect you know nine by five uh two hour response times for your your uh bug free guarantee uh, yeah yeah like bug free guarantee like like that's that's not uh that's not a fair or even frankly a sane expectation but that's not how so, the world works. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. But no one ever said the world was sane, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I was going to say something I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the thing is that it's software, right? And we have some expectations from software. I mean, the, the thing is that with open source stuff, it's usually consumed by people that don't really understand what's underneath it. It's a fun tool that does something, and if I press this button, something else comes out. I mean, you kind of have to expect that it works because you don't have the knowledge to make your fair assessment to see where the weak points are. And if you did that, I mean, I've been there. I've uh, a long time ago. I played Magic: The Gathering, and I downloaded a piece of software to have my whole library in there. And I spent days and days typing in all the things and all the whatevers. And then the database got corrupted, and it was gone. And I was mad as all hell. Totally irrational because it was a piece of free software somebody put together, and I was playing with, but. Still, that expectation of, or the disillusionment, uh, the sadness when it breaks is just irrational and that's it. Now, that being said, I would never have paid five bucks for that thing. Mm-hmm. 
which is again totally stupid. Same world, yeah, yeah, somewhere else, not here. But it's just human nature; it's how it works. And it would be great. I mean, I'm gonna say it: if we had a blockchain or something like that. Oh God! Here we go. <laughs> Where every time you download something, you're definitely trolling me. This episode. No, actually, no when I was when you were talking, I was thinking this would actually be a decent way of using blockchain for something. We just have every download link, but then they have to have blockchain connected to people's bank accounts. Never gonna happen, ever. Forget it. But if that was a case, just having the download link take. I don't know, 10 cents from my bank account whenever I download something somewhere. That would actually be a great way of doing it. It's something I wouldn't feel. It's automatic. And advantage of software is you can copy it as much as you want without losing quality. So 10 cents everywhere becomes a lot of money in the end, depending on how how beneficial it is. It would actually make more sense than doing a GoFundMe or something like that because the whole bureaucracy behind things like that is not to be underestimated. There's a lot of effort that goes into those mm. campaigns. But yeah, I mean, the Linux Foundation also has something up and running now where they select uh, projects that can get some recompense if that's something that they value or something that is community adding, whatever. Yeah. But then again, you have the people need to select the ones that deserve and by definition, the others do not deserve. It's also a hard job to do, of course. Yeah, and and quite rightly, I think, yeah, the uh, Linux Foundation is focusing on those projects that are critical parts of, of infrastructure and critical parts of um, the internet and you know are, are most widely used and therefore should there be a problem um, you know, will be the widest impacted and to your point earlier like it's great that is really good but what if you've just started a bit of software what if like you aspire to get to that stage yeah the it, it's it's a it's to me at least it's interesting where a lot of our conversations of late at least in my mind i don't i know you don't always agree but like a lot of these things for me come back to community and it's it's about kind of in order to gain that that adoption that widespread mm -hmm. um sort of approach like it, it's it's a it's building a community that will make that happen in like more often than not sure you could you could work on a project and some individual out there or some company out there say might just pick it up and might go hey this is great i'll pay you to continue working on this hmm. like possible possible is that a good thing Is there a potential danger there, right? I mean, if let's well, say Google let, comes let along, me let me finish one train of thought before we ah, before we head multitasking, baby. So, Come on. <laughs> yeah, but you, we can't talk about two things at the same time. So anyway, finish finish one, finishing one track first. So it is definitely possible that you know a company could reach out and say, "Hey, I know you've just started this project. This fits into our strategy. Love you to continue working on that open source project, but we'll we'll give you a salary for it." Like definitely possible. But it is far less likely than someone working on a project, building a community around it, which gains adoption, which gains awareness, which then you know gains some form of attention because of its adoption and awareness and the fact that lots of people are using it. That to me just feels like a more natural 
route for someone to get recognized. Yeah, but doesn't magic lead to paycheck? I mean, it, it definitely does. Like, I, I know open source maintainers cool. of projects that kind of got reached out to and, and companies said, hey, love what you're doing. You know, we'd love, we'd love that to be part of our... Uh, I mean, yeah, minority, if you're talking about every single open source project out there, sure. But it, like, I'm talking about projects that go through that journey, like build a community, get successful, get widely adopted, and people get employed. Like, it, it definitely does happen. Now, it doesn't happen everywhere, and it, it doesn't happen to everybody. And, you know, as, as we sort of said, said earlier, like, not all of these things are, are black and white, obviously. Well, they get employed to keep on working on their projects. Yeah. I mean, I think Linus Torvald had that for a while, where he was paid by a company while he was just building Linux and not really contributing to the company itself, apart from the fact that the company was using Linux in whatever they were doing. But that, that's very rare that you actually have a company paying the salary of a person where they only have benefit indirectly because the project he's work, he or she is working on is useful. I think that's, a, I would say that's a big minority. A big minority, a small minority, I should say. <laughs> mm. I do agree there's a lot of uh, potential where you have something like that and the company decides to monetize that project for some reason and you get acquired through that transaction where you now become part of the company building the thing because that's the thing the company is selling. Yes, I mean, a lot of the bigger uh, open source become company, that's how they run, that's how they work, definitely. And those are, yeah, I think, more prevalent than the first uh, example. I think it happens more that I way. Think than we're... I think we're talking about the same thing, but anyway. <clears throat> Two different things. On the, one, the first one, it's a person, uh, I can keep on working on my little project and I get paid by you, but you're not using my little project. You just think I'm, it's a, I'm great that I'm making this for the world. No, that's, that's not, that's definitely not what I'm saying. Uh, that's the first I'm one I'm talking about. Okay, the second one, uh, okay. okay, second one that happens more yeah, yeah, yeah. But then of course, that's again after the lean years, right? You need to have being able to survive the lean, yeah. needs, lean years to get in that situation. And yeah. now switching the track to the other track, if a Google comes along and says, hey, Dave, you built this thing, you're the brilliant developer. Okay, that's problem one. Uh, that's very, very <laughs> unlikely. We want to it give you well a million dollars. It is well recorded on this podcast that I am literally world's worst developer. Like, let's just be clear here. Uh, he didn't mention which world. Anyway, um, so it, Google gives you a million dollars because I think it's great. Is that always a good thing? Because with all of these kind of investments, uh, if it's a lot of money, there will be some contracts. There'll be some strings there'll attached. There'll be some strings attached, attached. And I mean, there's a reason these tech behemoths have become behemoths. They didn't build it all themselves. They didn't think of everything themselves. It's been an influx of things. And you can lose your baby. So when, as a software developer, as an open source software developer, should you say, yes, thank you, money, yay? Or when should you say, no, my baby, make your own one? <laughs> uh, I I know a handful of people that have had, had this experience, gone through this journey. Um, I would say like not quite double digits, probably like high single digits. And... It's definitely been a mixed bag. Like I know some that have gone down that route and been like very happy. Like they they get to continue working on the thing that they love, 
but they get to do it full time. They get to be paid. Yeah, the company is kind of building other stuff around it, monetizing it. But you know, they they remain in control, have creative vision, and you know, get a whole bunch of extra resources to to kind of continue to to grow their longer term vision. Um, I know some folks that have gone through that and have had a less positive experience where they perhaps went in a little bit naively given a company's kind of background and track record. I'm not going to go into any details here because um, obviously it's very you know, sensitive to both the individuals and I'm sure the companies involved. But the you know expectation is is set through sort of one thing and there's a honeymoon period where everything mm -hmm. looks great and then over time you know more kind of restrictions or oh no you, you can't you can't do that because that needs to be in our enterprise offering or you know wh whatever sort of uh, machinations kind of happen um you know some people end up kind of exiting out of those organizations because it's no longer it's no longer the thing that they were the, the, that they were first involved in. It's, it becomes something else over time. And the smallest number I would say of people I know are those that have said no. And it, it's it's definitely the 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 minority of folks that say no, not interested. Um, Going to carry on doing my thing. You know, you're welcome to sponsor me or, you know, what, whatever, but I'm, I'm going to continue to retain my independence and, uh, and, you know, you contribute PR's welcome essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I just, for, for what it's worth anecdotally from, as I say, sample size of less than, uh, less than 10, most organizations seem to get into this with the right um i was not not mentality but um i don't think most organizations get into this thinking that they're going to screw over the maintainers yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's like they um assume positive intent i guess and most of most organizations that want to get into this do come into this with positive intent they don't always manage to execute well but like welcome to the real world not everything gets executed well regardless of intent um but i i see more people sticking it out and finding a way than i see people kind of pulling the ripcord and going ah oh, this is like this experience is terrible and like this organization is terrible and they've done terrible things with my project or whatever so i don't know i I definitely, I, those are the three kind of main categories that I've seen anyway. Yeah, I kind of expected a fourth category where the person who is intent on creation and developing something but can't be bothered with the whole commercial monetizing of the thing is kind of happy to say, hey, I built this. You want to take this off my hands, give me a bunch of money and you go sell this thing. Great, I'll, I'll build something else. I mean, there is a difference between the mindset of a creation person and a person mm. that is more in the business world. I mean, typically, if you look at the bigger companies, uh, the Microsoft, the Apples in the world, there have always been more than one, two people in the mix. One that was more of the creative person, one of more the 
commercial intuitive person and typically the commercial person stays a lot longer with the company once it becomes a company than the creative person which kind of goes back to the, to the drawing board in a good way to build something else goes out of the spotlight mm, i i i can certainly imagine that being a thing i've never i've never seen it happen though what it's worth well look at microsoft i mean bill gates wasn't the the, the creative he was the, the commercial person he monetized it brilliantly yeah we're talking about open source here <laughs> i mean DOS was open source at one point i got it for free oh with a, with a... <laughs> really really we're gonna go down that path i tell you i tell you listeners Yon has something there's something happened to him the troll has come out from under the bridge and uh He's just in full-on troll mode this episode. I, I can only kind of apologize on his behalf. Well, in that case, I guess I have to say that's all we have for today then. <laughs> if I can't troll anymore, I'm going to shut up, Dave, as well, unless you have something else to add. No, nothing else from me. Then that is all we have for today. You can support this podcast. You can give us a paycheck, go to Patreon, support us there. That's one way of doing it. We're also on YouTube. You can like, subscribe, hit notification bells. You can go to www.roaringalpha.org. There's links there to the Patreon page, the YouTube page, and other pages and information and other stuff. You can send us email to podcast at roaringelephant.org with your ideas and feedback. And with that, until next time, my name is I will speak words into a mic. Yum, for money. And my name is Banish the Troll Dave. Actually, no, banish the troll, yawn. <laughs> Too <Dave>. late. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> to banish <laughs> the troll, You've said yawn. it, you've said it. We look forward to talking again <laughs> next week without the troll, Dave. Love it. <laughs> uh, what about the troll, yawn, though? Yeah. See you later.